Welcome to my fellow door openers to the third episode of Doors of the Universe podcast. I can't believe we made it this far. I can't believe we're here this soon. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited you're here. Um, where do you begin? This is, this is, uh, yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy couple of weeks. Lots happened since I last saw you. Um, yeah, I am, work has been crazy. I got promoted and am now in a supervisorial position. Um, so yeah, this is the first. Very exciting, very new, very, um, I'd say nerve-wracking. It's the first time for me to be in a managerial type role. So that's exciting. Um, that's new. Um, since we last talked, I was in contact with Rogue Brewery and, uh, they got me some pretty cool swag, I guess you can call it. Um, I wrote them, told them how much I loved the, uh, Monsters of IPAs campaign they've got. Initially, my thought was I was going to ask Safeway when they were done with their displays, if I could have them. Got a hold of Rogue. I went to Safeway. Nowhere to be found. Um, so I got a hold of Rogue. I reached out to Rogue. And they actually got me the displays and a six-pack with two of each of the IPAs. So that was that was pretty cool. Pretty nice of them. Like I said, I've always been a big fan of Rogue. I am sober now, so I don't indulge in the rogue, um, but my girlfriend is enjoying them, so there's that, um, but yeah, so, because I told him I had gotten, gotten all the stickers, <laughs> I will be buying a Bat Squatch shirt eventually, um, because they got little stickers for all the, uh, all the little things, all the little, uh, Oh, that's not going to show up well. There we go. It's hard because I got got a blurred out background, but it says Rogue across the top there. The people listening, you have no idea what's going on. But I'm showing off the sticker to um, the YouTube viewers. Either way, very nice of them. Very cool that they hooked me up with that stuff. I love them. I think they're awesome. I love the artwork. I love, I love having big... Big memorabilia. <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, so that was cool then. Um, let's see what else. Uh, we're not going to go too far into politics, but uh, Supreme Court overruling uh, Roe versus Wade. That was crazy huge, and I don't know why unexpected, but, I mean, I don't know. No. Let's see. I think I'm wording this wrong. <laughs> it was unexpected. Um, I did not foresee that happening, even with the way the Supreme Court was set up. But it is where we're at now. And as we always say, you can't ban abortions. You can only ban safe abortions. So shame on you, SCOTUS. Let's, uh, let's not. Let's try and... 
I have a feeling things are going to be happening and put into place where that gets changed back. Or at least I hope it does because back alley abortions are should never be the first option for somebody that is having an unwanted pregnancy. Um, I don't know. Man, it's, you know, every day I just show up. And I've been I've been doing this for for about two years now, where I just kind of show up because it seems like each new day, when I think the world can't get any crazier, gets that little bit more crazy. I mean, that's a lot of bit more crazy that the overruling. Um, but yeah, we're here. I mean, it's. Right now, it's a good day for recording a podcast. It's a good day to be listening to a podcast. Um, so thank you for joining me. I'm excited to continue on with this series. Um, as I mentioned before, it was I was inspired by the rogue monsters of IPA. Um, they had a three three flavor series um each with different local cryptids of the area um and last last podcast we covered colossal claude who uh quite the sea serpent if you haven't listened to the uh episode yet check it out um yeah colossal claude columbia river our columbia river Paleosaurus, maybe, maybe not, maybe it was just a sea serpent, who knows, um, if you haven't looked up an oarfish yet, look up an oarfish, they're not pretty to look at, but I don't think it was an oarfish, I think Colossal Claude is Colossal Claude, and only Colossal Claude, and Marvin the Monster is Marvin the Monster, and only Marvin the Monster, but that, Colossal Claude is not who we're here to talk about today. Today, we're here to celebrate the a history of lumberjacking, a history of tales told by the fire after a long day of chopping down the trees. Um, this one actually it comes from this is a an Oregon native. Um, it is, as I said, it comes from uh, Lumberjack lore, which I thought was a really cool idea. I can't remember. I should have looked it up before. I'll include it in the notes or something of the podcast. But when we did the episode on the band meter monster um, on We Don't Talk Politics, we talked about the person that had a book on the Van Meter Monster. They had mentioned on one of the podcasts I was listening to with them that they were considering doing an episode on lumber, or not an episode. They were considering writing a book about lumberjack lore. And I thought to myself, that's a really cool idea. I like that. I would, I would put money towards knowing more about lumberjack lore. Um, 
So yeah, but this is this is Pacific Northwest lumberjack lore. This is this is specific to Oregon, and if you don't know, you're about to know about Gumbaroo. So Gumbaroo is quite quite the character. Um, we're actually, what I'll actually do is I'll start off with, there was a book, um, called Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods. It is now at, uh, copyright infringements gone or whatever. I can't remember what it is. It's public domain now. Um, cause the website I'm on is talking about how it's the hundredth anniversary hypertext edition, which is lib.lumberwoods.org backslash fclw backslash gumbaroo.html which it looks has the entire book here but we are focusing on the gumbaroo today so we'll go ahead and go read through this really quickly and then we'll just do a recap of what we know about the gumbaroo so in the foggy region along the pacific coast from Grays Harbor to Humboldt Bay, there ranges the kind of creature that has caused much annoyance in the lumber woods. This is the Gumbaroo, which, luckily, is so rare that only once in a great while is one seen. It is believed to remain in hiding most of the time in the base of enormous burned-out cedar trees, from where it sallies forth occasionally on frightful marauding expeditions. During these periods of activity, the beast is always hungry and devours anything it can find that looks like food. A whole horse may be eaten at one sitting. Distending the gumbaroo out of all proportions, but failing to appease its hunger or cause it the slightest discomfort. The specimens seen are reported to have been coal black, but that may have been due to their being smirched with the charred wood. In size, the beast corresponds closely to a black bear, for which it might be mistaken only for the fact that the gumbaroo is almost hairless. To be sure, it has prominent eyebrows and some long, bristly hairs on its chin, but the body is smooth, tough, and shiny, and bears not even a wrinkle. The animal is a tireless traveler when looking for food, but is not swift in its movements or annoyed in the slightest degree by the presence of enemies. The latter, the latter characteristic is easily accounted for by the fact that no other animal within its range has ever found a successful method of attacking a gumbaroo or a vulnerable spot in one's anatomy. Whatever strikes the beast bounds off with the force, same force. Its elastic hide hurls back with the equal ease, the charging elk, and the wrathy hornet. A rock or PV thrown at the creature bounds back at whoever threw it, and a bullet shot against its hide is sure to strike the hunter between the eyes. It is believed that the scarcity of gumbaroos is due to their combustible character and the prevalence of forest fires. The animal burns like celluloid with explosive force. Frequently during and after a forest fire is the heavy cedar near Coos Bay. Woodmen have insisted that they have heard 
loud reports, quite unlike the sound of falling trees, and detected the smell of burning rubber in the air. So that is from Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods, speaking on our friend, the Gumbaroo. So yeah, the Gumbaroo, this is, uh, this is fun, fun lore from, uh, from the Lumberjack era. I took down some notes here. Um, yeah, it is its scientific name, which this creature does have a scientific name, Megalogaster repercussus. Um, it's it was told by the lumberjacks emerging America in the 19th and early 20th centuries. And it was used to explain sudden forest fires. This was back in the wild frontier days. Um, it's around settler times. People are settling and needing some fine stories to tell by the, uh, tell by the fire at night. Just to keep everybody occupied and, and uh, you know keep everybody happy we didn't have they, they didn't have a tv or internet or podcast back then so we had storytelling which i mean in itself podcast is somewhat a form of storytelling um as far as its appearance so it's as large as a black bear but wider so when you see pictures of it drawings of it i guess not pictures drawings um it does appear like a bear, but it is more round. It's a round-looking bear, like circular and from from the side view. Because, um, I mean, it could, as you heard, it can eat an entire horse and not be full, and it causes it no discomfort. So this is when the gumbaroo is out and... Uh, and hungry, he gets big, stretches the stomach. Now, I don't know about you, but it, it, to me, the way the the spelling is, I feel like it should be called Gumbarrow. Well, it shouldn't be called that because of the spelling, Gumbaroo. But if, but if I were an old settler sitting by the fire, I imagine I'd talk like this and be talking about gold and finding Gumbarrow. Just out there in the woods, setting fires. I did a lot of up and down with the voice there. Um, it kind of went southern, kind of went old timey. Uh, I don't know, minor, I guess. I don't know what we were going for there. Don't judge me for that. But either way, Gumbaroo is how I've heard it pronounced most often when looking it up. In fact, I've heard no one calling it Gumbaro. But no, deep down inside, I will. It will always be Gumbaro to me. Either way, back to its appearance. It is completely hairless, except for a few small areas. Oh, and once again, as always, at least when it comes to these cryptids, there will be a lifelike mind-blowing rendition that I've made artistic rendition that I've made of the Gumbaro Gumbaroo 
I'm doing it now. I'm saying it. Of the Gum Brew on our Instagram and Twitter. And it will also be the cover artwork for the uh, the YouTube channel. The YouTube video, I guess, when you watch this. So be excited for that. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's eyebrows and, uh, chin has some, uh, bristly hairs. Um, and it's the only place on the body of the Gumbaroo that has any hair. It's got a tough leather-like skin. The skin is also impenetrable. Um, it has dark, smooth, and extremely tough, coal black, leather-like skin. Um, the skin possesses a high degree of elasticity. This makes the beast invulnerable to bullets, rocks, and arrows. Bullets will literally just bounce off the gumbaroo. Which seems like a pretty good, uh defense mechanism i don't know their defense feature it's not really a mechanism i don't know like i feel like a mechanism something that goes into effect when you're in flight or fight mode or flight mode either way um but yeah how about that that's some that's some impressive skin there that um yeah so it, it seems like that makes it very hard to kill correct considering its skin can't be penetrated um although although its weakness is fire um although enjoys the charred remains of burnt woodland the gumbaroo is extremely vulnerable to combustion and therefore fire is employed to hunt down the creature um apparently the Gumbaroo is filled with gas. Uh, much like rats that can't burp. Which is a fact. But rats cannot be killed with pop. That is an urban legend. Um, there's not... They, they'd have to drink like... Yeah, there's not enough carbonation in pop to kill a rat. So don't ever... Don't ever be, be awoken as I was today or earlier to that urban myth that is that I have done the research for you and figured out is not true. Rats can't burp, but they can't be killed by pop. But they could be killed by caffeine. But they would have to drink like a 20-ounce bottle's worth of pop to be killed by the caffeine. So, theoretically, Pop could kill a rat, but not because of the build-up gas. You're welcome. I need to know. You need to know. We all need to know that. I'm sure most of you already knew that, and I am just learning things slowly, thankful to Google for all of its knowledge. Um, so yes, a Gumbaroo filled with gas. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, it's very combustible. 
Um, that is one way that they have figured out to kill the Gumbaroo. Um, when it does, and, and this, the Gumbaroos literally explode once they are, um, once the fire reaches the gas that they are filled with. Um, and the explosion smells like burning rubber, which you heard talking about how they would hear the sound in the forest, which sound close. It didn't sound like a tree falling. They would get a report back. Um, but then they would normally smell burning rubber. So, I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is fun. This is fun. This, uh, yeah. I, I would enjoy hearing this story sitting by the fire. I'd be like, oh, really? Yes. Tell me more about this giant bear that is filled with gas. He ain't a bear. He's a Um. So, yes. Habitat. Where do the gumbaroos live? Uh, Gumbaroos make their dens in the bases of huge, burned-out cedar trees along the Pacific coast. They are reported to be spread all along the coast from Washington State right down to California, from Grays Harbor to Humboldt Bay. Uh, The creature spends most of its time in a state of hibernation, only leaving its lair a few times a year to search for food. When active, the Gumbaroo is always hungry and will eat any living creature that crosses its path. When it does, it is, when it does leave hibernation, it is capable of eating enormous amounts in a single setting. It has been said to devour a whole horse at a time. This distends the creature's stomach, stomach massively, although it causes the Gumbaroo no discomfort. Just think about that. I mean, you got this black bear coming out of the woods, coming up to your camp. You're sitting there eating your eating your beans out of the out of the frying pan. Next thing you know, your horse is being consumed whole. You just have to look on in terror because you know that the skin of the gumbaroo is impenetrable and there's no way to stop him unless you can somehow bring fire to to the Gumbaroo and make this this explosion happen. But more likely than not, if you see, <laughs> if I'm in the woods and I see a bear eating my horse, I'm probably going to be running the opposite direction as fast as I can. Um, so yeah, avoid the Gumbaroo if you can. That's that's your best bet. Um, the Gumbaroo has been seen roaming the burnt remains of forest fires, feasting on decayed and charred wood. So like I said, it'll, the Gumbaroo will f- eat anything that seems like it's edible. Which, I mean, decayed and charred wood. Mm, yummy. However, the beast is also known to devour almost anything from raccoons and rats to humans and horses. Like I said, run. Because at that point, it's your only option. Maybe, hopefully, it'll be, you get full off, I'm assuming you're not traveling alone. You might be traveling alone. I, I don't like to travel alone. I don't want to be in the woods by myself. I'm assuming I'm out there with some friends. We're camping, we're settling, we're finding, we're 
making our path in this new world. And, uh, yeah, one horse gets eaten, everybody run. And hopefully, by the time he's done with the other horses, you're far enough away that you don't have to worry about the Gumbaroo consuming the most dangerous game of all. Man. Um, so yeah, he's a, it's a, I keep saying he, cause normally, I don't know, a lot of, uh, a lot of the readings, it seemed like they were leaning towards it was a male, but at the same time that I've heard there, it was also saying the species. So probably both. I, it's some, some made it seem like there was only one Gumbaroo and some stories made it seem like there was a whole species of them. Um, so hopefully out there reproducing, making beautiful Gumbaroo babies and, uh, yeah, starting forest fires all over. Terrible, terrible. History. Let's go a little history of the Gumbaroo. The scarcity of Gumbaroos was perhaps due to their combustible character and the prevalence of forest fires. The animal burns like celluloid with explosive force. Um, so frequently during and after a forest fire in heavy cedar near Coos Bay. This, we've already been over this. We've read this already. But I'm reiterating that the woodsmen have insisted that they heard loud reports quite unlike the sound of falling trees and detected the smell of burning rubber in the air. Um, so this... This next fact, seriously, blew my mind. It just was amazing. Um, So when the creature was photographed, the photo's negatives would explode as well. Seriously, mind blown. This creature is that combustible that even the negatives taken of the Gumbaroo explode. Whew. That is, that's intense. That's intense. That's a lot to, a lot to wrap the head around, you know? Um, so yeah, don't be taking pictures of the Gumbaroo either. I don't know if your, your iPhone will explode or not. Since it's not negatives, but I feel like just the, the sheer combustibility <laughs> Of the Gumbaroo will transfer over into JPEG format and cause your phone to explode. Don't take pictures of Gumbaroo. The great thing about this is it's not swift. This is not a fast hunter. The Gumbaroo is not swift in movements. Um, He's actually a gentle giant. Let's be honest. This, uh, he's just hungry. It's just hungry. I keep saying he, it's just hungry. The Gumbaroo is out there. He's in hibernating like every other bear. He just eats a little more. He's just got some, just got some hunger issues. Let's, uh, let's be kind to this gentle giant. Let's realize, hey, we're all hungry. We all need to eat. And this this bear hasn't eaten in months. He's been hibernating for who knows how long. And now the Gumbaroo is it's ready to eat. 
It's not our fault. That's nature, baby. You just got to let nature do its thing. That's, that's, there's no stopping. I mean, we're, we're encroaching on the Gumbaroo's land. Let's be honest. All right. So maybe we're cutting down trees, losing some of those food sources. If he eats a lumberjack, it's going to happen. I can't be angry at him. I mean, I can be, I can feel sad for the lumberjack and the family of said lumberjack. Gumbaroo is just living its life, you know. We're in his home now. So, best bet, stay out of the woods. That's it. I mean, just go, go desert camping. Enjoy the enjoy some sand. Enjoy some uh, nice sunlight, you know, stuff like that. Stay out of the woods. Um, there has only been... There's only been one confirmed kill. And that was in 1957 when Mike Mulligan and Abernathy Quinn killed a Gumbaroo. I don't believe they fully explained how they did it. I think there was some combustion involved. But, uh, yeah, Abernathy. How about that, Abernathy? Let's, uh, let's bring that back. Um, I'm not planning on having any kids, but, uh, let's get Abernathy back in the, uh, the child name list. Can we do that? That's a, it's a fun name. You can call him Abe for short or Nathy or Nat or Burn, Berna. So many options with Abernathy. Abernathy Quinn and Mike Mulligan. Shame on you. Shame on you for killing the Gumbaroo. I'm not a I'm not an advocate for hunting. Sorry. Especially when it's a gumbaroo. I mean these they're obviously endangered. Let's It's hurtful. It's hurtful just to think about it. it hurts my heart. In two thousand fifteen there was a horror inspired fearsome creatures. And the Gumbaroo in Fearsome Creatures has 13 limbs, 10 arms, and 3 legs. Tell me that's not creepy. The bear is not a gentle giant in Fearsome Creatures from 2015. Um, after being burned, if a human inhales the particles of the beast, the organs will get coated with rubber. Hmm. That's interesting, which is easily misdiagnosed as tuberculosis. Its natural enemy was said to be the timber doodle, which clamps down its teeth and will not let go until thunder is heard. Timber doodle. You know what a timber doodle is? I don't either, and I should have looked it up. But the timber doodle, clamping down its teeth until thunder is heard. Which that's one thing I've noticed living here in uh, in Oregon, the uh, thunderstorms, a lot of rain, a lot of rain, but not a lot of thunderstorms. Now Iowa, ooh, ooh, Iowa was a fine spot for some some thunderstorm action. If you wanted to just uh, have a very calm, peaceful sleep, you better hope it's thunderstormy that night. Because if it is, you're out. You're out all night. Sleeping. Sleeping like a dream. 
So yeah, having a having a timber doodle. Imagine running up on a timber doodle and having it bite down on you. And you have to wait till thunderstorm. Which I was informed there is a thunderstorm season here, where we'll actually hear thunderstorms. Wait to see. I think they said the fall. I got here. But even when I lived in you, I lived in Eugene about twenty years ago. And I don't remember any thunderstorms there. And I was there all year for two years. I may I may be being mistold truths. Um, either way, yeah. So don't plan on that uh that uh timber doodle unclamping anytime soon if you're in Oregon when this is happening. Um second weakness the gumbaro and it's the only animal that the bear fears it's the timber doodle so i mean he's he's kind of an he's kind of like the alpha i don't know i guess of the entire wooded area nothing's is there he's like an apex predator let's put it that way nothing uh there's nothing else there that's gonna hunt him except for the timber doodle. So I guess maybe the timber doodle is the apex. Per- I don't know. Either way, stay away from timber doodles and stay away from Gumbaroo. Um, so because of this, because of the timber doodle, the Gumbaroo is a coward when its rubbery skin is bitten. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a lot there. That is a lot. We've packed in there. Timber doodles. And gumbaroos. That's all I got, honestly. That is that is the extent of my knowledge on the gumbaroo. Um, and honestly, it's... Um, there's a decent amount of articles on Gumbaroo. There's actually, I feel like there's an equal amount of articles talking about the Gumbaroo bear itself and the, and Rogue's Gumbaroo IPA. I feel like if you're doing a Google search, it's like every other one is every other one. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's limited information, but enough that it was enough to get us through this podcast. This was, I think this was a very informative journey for myself and you through the lumber woods and on the Gumbaroo. And it gave me a chance to draw the amazing Gumbaroo. So, which honestly, I feel like I should, <laughs> when this is all done, go back through and try and do actual drawings of each of the creatures. Just because... Outside of the next one, which I haven't even looked, I need to look more in that see image wise, but the Gumbaroo and Colossal Claude for sure don't have a lot of artist depictions of them. And I feel like the picture I drew with legs on it or fins, I guess, large fins probably wasn't accurate by most of the descriptions I heard. And it wasn't very, it was, it was hard to tell that it was, it wasn't in water. So I got to put some water in the next drawing. 
I think my girlfriend asked me if it, if it was a horse. Which I could see it has a camel's head and uh, those fins there, those wide fins. But uh, I, I, I like to think I draw better than that. Like, if it was a horse, you would know it was a horse. But either way, yeah, so the Gumbaroo. That's uh, that's it. So it's going to be a little bit shorter episode. We're running about 40 minutes here. Probably about 40 minutes after I edit everything out and get it all cleaned up for you. But uh, yeah, this is week two of the Rogue IPA Monsters of IPA. I'd say it's a series on that, but it is kind of a series on that. Um, but yeah, good times, good times. You know what else is good times? Following all of our socials. And you know where all of our socials can be found at? So I, I wish I would have thought of this sooner for, we don't talk politics, but I can wrap it all up here with Linktree. So Linktree I don't know if you've seen them. I'm sure you've seen them. A lot of people will have on their on their profiles, in their bios, they'll have a Linktree link for their website. That'll be their website, which will just link you to everything else, um, to all of their different social medias on our Linktree. So it's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E backslash D-O-T-U podcast, which will be, it's on our Instagram, it's on our Twitter, I don't know if it's on the YouTube or not, but either way you'll be able to, and I think it's on our Anchor page, but either way you'll be able to click on that and it'll bring you to the page that gives you links to all the listening platforms you can listen to it on. Please subscribe love subscriptions it uh i'm not this if it's free please subscribe um it helps get our podcast hour it helps get my podcast more noted <laughs> i'm running this thing solo this is all me um but yeah all the listening platforms youtube again please subscribe um it's, if you do subscribe there's also got the little bell there next to it click on the little bell and it will note same with most listening platforms um spotify for sure but if you click on the little bell it will notify you when we have new things come out you'll get a notification either through your through your push push notifications um patreon you can support us for as little as a dollar a month um right now i'm just loading up the podcast and the YouTube's on there, the YouTube videos. So that's what's on there. TikTok. I'm on there. I'm on there as Doors of the Universe. I think it's something I'm on there as DOTU podcast. I just put a little snippets on there from the YouTube videos. Just try and give you a little feel of what some what's going on in that episode. So yeah, TikTok. I'm at this age and I'm this is my first time on TikTok and I'm trying not to be on TikTok as much as possible. I made it this far without being on TikTok. I intentionally made myself not be on TikTok because I have a problem with scrolling 
endlessly. And TikTok, from what I can tell so far, is definitely somewhere where you can scroll endlessly. Either way, please subscribe or follow us, I guess, on TikTok. Um, Instagram and Twitter, DOTU Podcast, both on there. And it also, the link tree also includes a link to the We Don't Talk Politics podcast, which is the other podcast I'm a part of and do with two friends. It is not as consistent as this one. Um, This one comes out so far, which I've been planning on doing, is on a bi-weekly basis. Um, And that one comes out when we can all get together and are able to do it. But either way... So it's linktr.ee backslash D-O-T-U podcast. You'll be able to reach all those things there. And I feel like I concised it up there. Girlfriend, I asked her, is there any constructive criticism that you can offer? And she said, cut the ending shorter. Make it shorter. Don't have such a long outro. And I said, fair enough. So now you have the link tree address connect to all of our socials and please like subscribe follow whatever that social media does do it please it helps me uh helps the podcast grow and if you enjoy the podcast tell a friend share it on social media somewhere let somebody else see that you're enjoying this and that there is podcast out there they might enjoy too especially since the cryptids we are the crypto podcasts are not as prevalent as a lot of the comedy or stand-up ones so i was i was excited to get started making this and as excited to be part of that podcast community so we will end it there and i will say to you thank you for listening Keep an eye to the sky and do desert camping instead of in the forest. See you all in two weeks.